0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Whitewater. If you're joining us for the first time, so glad you're here. Um, this truly is a place you can belong before you believe. Um, we've been in this new series called Built, and as you guys saw in that video, I just think it's beautiful, it's really this idea that God is taking like the, the rough and the raw stuff of our lives, and He's shaping and molding and creating us into like this beautiful piece of uh, of work that that that's transformative it's um it's uh at the very core it's it's all about grace and life and growth and and so we're in this, this series called built this reality that God is building you and me like individually he's building us um, by faith. Um, as a church, God is building us up, and God over the centuries has been building and multiplying this movement of imperfect people that have all sorts of issues that are growing and changing and, and helping be part of this process where God is giving grace and life to the world. And I just, I, I'm so grateful to be part of something like that with you. I'm so grateful to be here. I probably don't say this enough, but man, I love you guys. I love this church. Me and my wife, we love and we pray for, for people like anybody that comes through these doors. And, and many of you, maybe this is your first time or you've come maybe a few times. Um, maybe you're coming back from a hard time in life. Um, people have been praying for you to come through these doors and be here. And so I'm so grateful you are. In this series, we started with the, the, the first sermon was, built on faith, that without faith, it's impossible to please God, that we need to have faith in our lives. And like, I think it's so easy to want the results of faith without actually having to live a life of faith. Have you ever noticed that? Like it's much nicer to live off the, the, on the receiving end of, of other people's faith. Of other people's uh, faith that they have in you, uh, the faith that they that's gotten them where they're at in their life, with their jobs and their money and the blessings that they have in their life, it's nice to live off that stuff ourselves. Um, but I'm telling you, if you don't learn how to live a life of faith, your own faith, you will not have a life where you are experiencing seeing God's hand move personally, up front. Like, good things can happen in your life, for sure, but there's something to be said about learning to not just live off and want the results of faith, but to have a life of... Faith. Last week we looked at how the church is built on Christ. It's all about Jesus. That this, this whole thing we're part of is modeled after Him. Jesus is the example. Jesus is the director. Jesus is the visionary, the, the one who's instilled the values in this thing. And, and we are being built up in Christ. And we're part of this church that's built on Jesus. It's, it's amazing. And He was worthy of our praise. He, He withstood the test from the devil. If you guys remember the, the scriptures we looked at, like He went through these three tests. Appetite, Uh, ambition and approval and he passed those tests and the most and the most beautiful thing for me that I got to preach on last week was how Jesus came to declare this time of freedom, the time of jubilee the time where the outsiders are brought in the ones who are healed and who are broken uh, or the ones who are broken are healed the ones who are uh, addicted and enslaved to stuff are freed and and how the outsiders the nobodies the the have-nots are brought back into the community of God. And, uh, I love being a part of a Jesus community that, that cares for the outsider, that cares for the, the nobodies and the not yets. And when we really look at it, that's who we all are, right? Like we're, we're sitting here, like, and we can have all sorts of stuff that we think are great in life, but we're nobody special when we really look at who we are before God. Now today, I want to talk about how our church, how you and I, should we choose to have faith, are really being built by the Spirit. Built by the Spirit. Now, depending on your background, uh, if you go have gone to church, uh, you might have you might have known a lot a lot more about the Holy Spirit. It's the third person in the Trinity. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is the, the three-in-one God. And a, a lot of times uh, the Holy Spirit's kind of like the left. He's like the third wheel in, in a lot of uh, religious communities. People are afraid to talk about Him. And others, He's like the only one that's talked about. And, and it's hard to have balance when you're talking about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But today I really want to emphasize Spirit. That the, our church is being built by the power of the holy spirit that god is breathing and empowering and he's bringing life to our church through the through the spirit now how do you answer someone when they ask you like what is what is the holy spirit have you have you ever had someone ask you that a few of you guys what is the holy spirit you know like what's the answer you know how do you answer that well how do you speak about this thing that's mysterious and all powerful and imminent and and it's just all these paradoxes in one and how do you explain that really simply it's you know i was thinking about this week i was like that's that's kind of tough maybe some of you guys are sitting here and you've like i've asked people and had very unsatisfactory answers given to me like what is the spirit um i think the most important thing i want to hit today uh, because how do you explain something that's so immense and so powerful and such a paradox and mystery and try to get it like perfectly you just can't box it up perfectly but we i think we can talk about who the spirit is. The spirit's a person. The spirit is is given to us by God. And what is the spirit doing? How do we have our lives changed and impacted by God's spirit? That's what I really want to focus on. But we'll give a little bit of, of some theology to you guys too. Uh, my daughter asked me um, the other day. She asked, "What is the what is wind?" Uh, I, you know, I was like, I don't how do I tell her it's this force that moves things she's like like in like in Star Wars no not like Star it's well kind of but it's like the wind it's in the world and it it can be a it can be just delightful breeze you know like it is now novella it's my little girl and or it can be like this disastrous wind it can be really powerful and and it just wasn't I was I I was totally failing as a dad explaining what the wind was this force out there I had a friend who worked at a computer shop and he had an old lady come in. It was a grandma. She had a cane and she came in and she, she looked at me. She looked up and she said, what is internet? Not what is the internet. It was what is internet? Which I love. Like, how do you explain what the internet is? She didn't have like the, you know, a paradigm for that. Didn't have like, uh, didn't have an understanding of that. How do you explain it? And he's like, well, what I, what I told her is, it's, uh, he's like, I thought for a while. I said, it's like, a, it's like an invisible library in the sky. And she was like, oh, that's wonderful. And just walked off and she felt great with that answer. <laughs> I love that. What is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It's given to every person who follows Christ. The Spirit of God is given to lead Christians to be right in the middle of what God is doing. The Spirit is always leading us into what God is doing and accomplishing in the world. And He's often all uh, doing things in us as well as around us. Uh, the Spirit is our helper. It's our teacher. He's our guide. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Some people might have friends who think that the Holy Spirit, that their job is to convict you of sin. Maybe you might think that that's your job. Um, It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us of sin while also empowering followers of Jesus to do the things that God wants them to do, to display God's power, to be witnesses of God's power in the world. The Spirit gives spiritual gifts to us. There's spiritual gifts that are given to you that are only yours. Like you are, the gifts you have need to be given to the community because you're the only one with your unique skill set and and spiritual gifts. And that's given um, by by the, the Spirit. Um, and and it's to build up other believers and to serve one another. Now, when I lived in Bellingham, there was, um, uh, you'd go out, and when it was sunny, like today, when it was sunny, uh, sometimes you'd see these sailboats out on the bay. Bellingham Bay is really beautiful. The San Juan Islands are there. And it would just be sparkling like a jewel and you'd see these sailboats going. And the experienced sailors would just have their sails full bloom. And these things were skimming on the water, just empowered by that wind. They're in the right direction and they're just moving. Then there'd be the more inexperienced sailors. And sometimes they would be like fighting the wind. They wouldn't have any wind in their sails and they'd have they'd be turned the wrong way. And they went, they just didn't know how to do it. And they were struggling and fighting against the wind. And when I think about some of our lives as Christians, this is spe- specifically for people who are followers of Christ, who have begun a relationship with Christ. Sometimes when I look out, you know, at the world and I look at people of faith, I, I think sometimes, I mean, sometimes you see people that are just, I mean, they're humming. Um, but other times you see people that are fighting the winds of the Spirit. They're fighting, struggling with God, struggling being filled with His power and His goodness and His joy. And they're struggling being filled with the direction that He's, because they want to go this way. And they want to do this, or they think they know how to do it. And they haven't learned the ways of the Spirit. They haven't learned how to be directed, guided, and empowered by the wind of God's Spirit. I don't know if that metaphor is helpful for you, but that's what I see sometimes. And why do people? Why do we struggle having uh, being filled with God's Spirit, being led by God's Spirit? I think there's a lot of reasons. Sometimes there's just like we don't know what we don't know. We we're ignorant. We haven't had any teaching. Some of us are totally new to this. We've never read in the Bible much about the Spirit, so we don't we don't know the ways of the Spirit. How to be filled with the Spirit? How to be led by the Spirit? How to trust in God's Spirit? How to? We don't. We just don't know. And so like we just need training. And 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 I'm I'm glad you're here because we're to be built in the spirit those of us with faith and those of us who are considering and and asking questions about faith to see if this is for us there's a reality here that's beyond us it's bigger than us and god's spirit uh will help transform us now some of us there's um maybe it's just um we're having a hard time and we're distracted and so we haven't been paying attention to what god's doing we're not paying attention to the spirit maybe some of us do have sin In our life, and that that sin that's in our life is 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 it's grieving. The Bible calls it grieving the spirit. It doesn't mean that God loves you less. Just but we can't. Like I don't love my daughter less when she's you know not listening to me and not being obedient, but I am disappointed, right? And so there can can be a quenching of God's spirit that happens. And so, what does a spirit led, spirit filled life look like? In the last uh, sermon I, I gave this morning. I, I gave it in certain order. I'm going to flip something. So if you have your notes, I'm going to be I'm going to be going through Luke chapter 10 first. I want to go through that first. I think that would be a better place to start this morning with you guys. Um, and we're going to be looking at if you got your notes out the 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 bottom five um, notes there. So what does it look like to be filled with the with the Spirit of God? Now um, Acts chapter 10. That's where I would like to begin here. Um, it's, it's a story about two men, two men that are learning to be not only filled with God's Spirit, but led by the Spirit. Okay? So here we go. Um, there was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius. Isn't that a good name, Cornelius? It's not as popular these days. It'll make a comeback, though. A centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. I'm clarifying he's not... Jewish. At this time, the church is primarily Jewish. The the leaders are Jewish. They think this is primarily for the Jewish people. And he's an outsider. He's a Gentile. He's uh, a centurion. Verse two, it says he was a devout man and feared God along with his whole household. So even though he wasn't Jewish, he still feared God. He still worshiped God and tried to get to know the God of the universe, the creator God. About three in the afternoon, he, uh, Oh, it says that he did many charitable deeds uh, for the Jewish people and he had done a lot of things with his life for, uh, for the Lord. Very, very uh, a merciful and gracious man. Um, and it says uh, he always would pray to the Lord. And in verse three, about three in the afternoon, he distinctly saw in a vision an angel of God who came in and said to him, Cornelius, staring at him in awe, he said like, this is a different worship time than normal for him. Um... He said, what is it, Lord? And the angel told him, your prayers and your acts of charity have have ascended as a memorial offering before God. Like, God's noticed your acts of prayer and your worship. He's noticed you. Now send uh, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also named Peter. He's lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. So he says, go send some people to, to find Simon and Simon. And to distinguish one of them's nickname is Peter, I gave him that name, right? Jesus is the... And uh, is giving him this this vision. And this is the work of the Spirit. This is the work of God's Spirit uh, with Cornelius. Now check this out. Um, in verse 7, When the angel who spoke to him had gone, he called two of his household servants and a devout uh, soldier who was one of those who had attended him. And after explaining everything in this vision dream to them, he sends them to Joppa. He he sends them to the town that he's supposed to send them to. Now, I think this is really profound profound for a number of reasons, but one thing I'll I'll mention is um, faith requires action. Faith requires action. Here's this guy who's not part of the Jewish uh, worshiping community, um, but he, he longs to know God and he gives God credit and honor and he worships him. He gives him glory is like the, the, the Christian term for it. And um, as he's doing this, God comes and visits him and, and, and sends this angel and says, I want you to go do this. It doesn't explain why, but it says, just go do this. Trust me. And he sends his men to Joppa not knowing if there really is a Simon and Simon, which sounds really funny, right? He doesn't know if there's a tanner. He doesn't know if there's a Simon with another name Peter. He doesn't know, he doesn't know these people. And, and he has this vision and he, but he acts on it. He acts on it. I think that is so profound. Faith requires action. Now, the next day as they were traveling and nearing the city, the men that he had sent, that Cornelius had, had sent, Peter went up to pray on the roof about noon. Um, this is the Peter who, who followed Jesus, Peter who stepped out on water, Peter one of the apostles, the disciples, and he's a leader in, in Jesus' church. And he became hungry when he's out on this roof around noon, and he wanted to eat. And you guys uh want to eat around noontime? Does the hunger set in. How many of you guys have hangry? Tendencies. Oh man, you're, you would fit in the Bedleyan family. I was just gonna get like, oh, we need food. My little six month year uh, old, six month year old, six month old is like that too. He gets the, the hanger. But, but while, the, uh, it says this, so he's, he became hungry and wanted to eat, but while they were preparing something, he fell into a trance. And you can just see him like, as he's going into this, you know, God brought on trance, like, no, I'm hungry, fine. You know, and then he's in this trance. Um, and then it says in verse eleven, he saw heaven opened up and an object that resembled a large sheet. Now let me stop here for a second. This is about to get really weird, okay? Um, Jesus loves Peter. Peter's the leader of his church. I, don't, I kind of feel like Peter, like Jesus might be messing with Peter a little bit. It gives, he gives him a really weird vision dream, okay? But it's really powerful. It's got a point to it. Now, here we go. So he sees this out of heaven, a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners to the earth. In it were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and the birds of the sky. A voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, Peter says, for I have never eaten anything impure and ritually unclean. See, Jewish dietary laws prohibited a lot of the creatures he was seeing. Like, I can't eat those things. Again, a second time, the voice said to him, uh, what God has made clean, do not call impure. This happened three times. Like, do not, do not call impure what God has made pure. Like, kill and eat. What a weird dream, right? Does anybody else think this is weird? You guys are like, oh, I have dreams like this all the time. <laughs> my wife will get dreams sometimes, and like, I'll have done something annoying to her, and she'll wake up, and she'll be mad at me for what my dream self did And she'll be like, she's like, oh, that was just like you. I'm like, I didn't do anything. So I don't know if you have those kind of dream moments. But anyways, here's this weird dream happening. Um, And it repeats three times. What God has made clean, do not call un or impure or unclean. Um, And suddenly the object was taken up into heaven. While Peter was deeply perplexed about what the vision he had seen might mean. Like, would you say that's perplexing? Like, you're not supposed to eat this stuff. You're highly religious. And then this voice it tells you to, to break these boundaries that are clearly, like, you've lived by your whole life. You don't go past it. You don't eat those things your whole life. You've never touched, eaten any of that stuff. And it's like, you need to go kill and eat it. Like, how disturbing would that be? Um, so he's thinking about this, trying to figure out what just happened. Um, and I love that, again, faith precedes understanding in the story. He doesn't he does not know what this dream means. God gives him this dream and and it's not like he explains and spells everything out and has a perfect three point sermon for him and then says, Okay, now that you understand everything, now go do it. He has no clue what's happening. He does not understand it. He's perplexed. He doesn't have the knowledge. He doesn't he doesn't have what he wants. He's he's worried. What does this mean? Right away the men who had who had been sent by Cornelius um having asked the directions to Simon's house stood at the gate they called out asking if Simon who's also named Peter was lodging there so God who was working earlier in the story gets these guys sent to where Peter's at and then Peter has this dream and then right after this dream trance thing happens where this disturbing dream is brought before him and, he's tra- and he wakes up and he's perplexed what the heck was that boom 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 hey is Peter there You guys getting, like, the flow of this thing? Like, this is perplexing, to say the least, right? So, the Spirit's working in some weird ways. Now, um... They called to see if he was there. In verse 19, while Peter was thinking about the vision, remember, faith requires also meditating and putting our minds on the movement of God because we don't always understand it at first. It does take some work on our behalf to like begin thinking, what does this mean? We have to become aware, like maybe there's something spiritual going on here where we might just blow past it. He could have woke up from the trance and been like, glad that's done. I'm going to go eat something, man. That was just from my hunger. But there was something spiritual going on. So he, he needed to like focus and, and meditate on that. So, um, the spirit tells him, it says in verse 19, the spirit told him, three men are, are here looking for you. Get up, go downstairs and go with them with no doubts at all. <laughs> with no doubts at all, uh, because I have sent them. God's saying, I've sent these people. Then the, then Peter went down to the men and said, here I am, the one you're looking for. Uh, what is the reason you're here? Like, Peter doesn't get what's going on. At all. What's the reason you're here? That's the question. What's going on here? Any people like to know what's going on when things are crazy? Any of those people? Come on. Are you kidding me? You people like, you know, you like to know what's going on, right? How many of you guys are like, I don't care. As long as my wife knows or as long as this person knows. How many of you guys just don't care? You don't need to know what's going on. You're not even listening right now. You don't even know what's going on. <laughs> um, Peter... what's going on they said Cornelius a centurion uh, uh, an upright and God fearing man who has a good reputation with the whole Jewish nation was divinely directed by a holy angel to call you to his house and to hear a message from you Peter's like who? (laughs) message? what message? what message? am I supposed to describe this crazy dream? like there's no message I've been given no message sorry guys See, nice having some lunch with you. What message? Peter then invited them in and gave them lodging. Because, you know, the Lord said he should be nice to them. The next day he got up and he actually set out with them, not knowing what was going on. Again, faith requires action, and he doesn't have a clue what's going on. And and faith uh, is it it precedes understanding and knowledge. He doesn't know what's going on, and some of the so he decides to go with them, and some of the brothers of Joppa went with him. He's like, "Come with me in case this isn't what I think it is." You know, "Come with me." Um, And the following day, he entered Caesarea, where Cornelius, Cornelius lives. Now, Cornelius was expecting them. I love that. That's an amazing statement. Faith expects. Faith expects something to happen, expects God to deliver on his promises. So he's expecting them and had called together all of his relatives and all his close friends to hear from this Peter guy that he's never met before. So he doesn't, there's not phones or cell phones in this day and age. He doesn't know this really going to happen or what's going to happen, but he still invites all his family and friends. Now, most of your friends will be pretty nice if like nothing happened, no one showed up or it was a disaster. I'll give him some grace, but don't we, you and I have some family members that would just be waiting for that moment for us to fall on our faces in front of, and you know, like, what's supposed to happen, Cornelius? No one's showing up. Or like, this weirdo walked into the house and he knows nothing. Like, <laughs> there's so many opportunities to look foolish in this, but, but Cornelius is a man of faith. He doesn't care. Doesn't care. So he calls together his relatives, and when Peter entered, Cornelius met him. And fell at his feet and worshipped him, but Peter lifted him up. He says, "Stand up! I myself am also a man. Don't worship me! I'm not God. Don't worship me!" Isn't it interesting? When the Spirit of God is moving and leading, we can get still get things wrong. Like Cornelius is like, yeah, he worships. He's trying to do the right thing. We can try to do the right thing and end up worshiping the wrong thing, even when the Spirit of God's moving. Sometimes we think, like, when the Spirit's moving, like, and God's moving, that we have this, like, all of a sudden have the perfect ability to understand everything perfectly. Man, I can't even understand the, the things my wife wants me to do half the time, and I'm like, I, I've got to, like, be corrected on things as I'm going, and, and why would we think it's any different with our spiritual life? The point is to continue seeking. The point is to continue getting to the truth. And Peter says, no, 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 don't worship me. You got it wrong. But you're supposed to worship, but worship the Creator. I'm nothing special. And and so there's that. I I think that's really important. While talking with him, he went in and found a large gathering of people that that Cornelius had gathered, not even knowing if anything was going to actually happen. Peter said to them, "Well, you know, I'm forbidden. uh, It's forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or visit a foreigner." He's saying, like, you all know, it's like me walking into the room, seeing all you people here. Like, as Peter, you guys all know, I'm not even supposed to be hanging out with you all. You guys are Gentiles. You got, like, you're making me, like, ceremonial unclean just to spend time with you like this. This isn't right. Um, so he tells them that. I'm forbidden to associate with any foreigner, but God has shown me. Now listen up. Underline this in your Bibles. God has shown me that I must not call any person impure or unclean. Like, where I used to call people unclean, unclean person, uh, disgusting, uh, Gentile, uh, leper, you know, like unclean, unclean. God is showing me that I'm not supposed to call anybody unclean because I'm beginning to believe that God's designing this whole thing for anybody. All the people who are kicked out of the temple, you know, and the synagogues, the lepers and the sick and the demon-possessed, like Jesus came and brought them in. And I'm starting to understand that Gentiles who are not on the inside of our religion are meant to be brought in. You guys picking this up? This is powerful. All right, let's keep this story going. So he he says to them, that's why I came without any objection when I was sent for, because God told me I needed to come. So may I ask you, now here's the kicker, here's the question that's been in his mind the whole time. May I ask you why you sent for me? Why am I here standing with you? I'm learning some stuff, I'm trying to figure out, but I don't really know why I'm here imagine being peter the leader of the church everybody looks to for wisdom guidance leadership strength being like okay guys why am i here you imagine me coming up hey guys um good to see you why am i here that's your pastor why am i here cornelius replied four days ago at this very at this hour at three in the afternoon i was praying in my house i was praying in my house just then a man da- in dazzling clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard. Your acts of charity have been remembered in, uh, in the sight of God. Therefore, send someone to Dapa invite P- uh, Simon here, who's also named Peter. He's lodging in Simon the Tanner's house. He describes the whole thing. It's so specific. When the Spirit moves, it can be so specific at times. When like, It's about people. Sometimes there are people that, that will be put on your heart that God is like, it's about that person. I'm going to use you to reach that person. Or you need that person as a mentor in your life. And it's just it's like, oh, it's clear. And we can ignore it. We can be so busy and distracted. Guys, we got to start paying attention to that stuff. The Spirit is leading. So he says, uh, I was told this story to bring you Peter here, and he's never met Peter in his life. Doesn't know this man. So I immediately sent for you, and it was good of you to come. (laughs) So I did it. I I sent for you, and here you are. Here you are. So now we're all in the presence of God to hear everything you've been commanded by the Lord to teach us. O wise and great leader Peter. Would you give us the message that God wants you to give us? And the whole time Peter's like, what message, what message, what message? And then Peter began to speak. Now I truly understand that God doesn't show favoritism. But in every nation, the person who fears him and does what is right is and it is acceptable to him. The Spirit of God doesn't show favoritism. The Spirit of God brings people together, brings people into the presence of God and and helps them uh, uh, repent, helps them receive forgiveness, helps them be empowered by the Spirit. And then he he, he says this, I love this, verse 36, he sent, uh, Peter begins telling them about the gospel. He sent the message to the Israelites proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And then he begins telling them, the gospel story of Jesus, and he ends in verse forty-three with this: All the prophets in the Bible testify about Jesus, about Him, that through His name, everyone who believes and has faith in Him receives forgiveness of sins. They'll they'll be transformed. Your life will be renewed. If you're carrying heavy weights, you will be forgiven. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter if you're Gentile or Jewish. It's for everybody. And while Peter was speaking these words, check this out. While Peter, Peter was speaking these words, here's the end of this story. The Holy Spirit came down on all those who heard the message the, the circumcised believers, the, the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had had not now just been poured out on the Jewish people, but now had been poured out on even the Gentiles, the outsiders, the people that they had nothing to do with. And the final verse says this, for they heard them speaking in other tongues or languages and declaring the greatness of God. Our church is all about leading people into the greatness of God. And all of a sudden, these people who didn't have maybe a concept of God or know much about God, or they hear the message of Jesus. Uh, a man is sent to them by God. They listen to him, and he proclaims the good news. And then the Spirit falls on them in this powerful way, conviction of sins and all this stuff. They, 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 they release those sins. They receive forgiveness. The Spirit falls on them in power, and they begin declaring the greatness of god like how amazing is this story when 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 you're looking at the story I, I i hope that there's an inspiration i when i read this i want to become a person that is willing to be led by the spirit and here's, this is a pattern throughout Luke, all Luke and Acts. This is a pattern of how the spirit works. And if you want to know like this, like if I could put it into, here's the five steps of following the, the, the spirit of God, being spirit led. The first one is being spiritually open, having a spiritually open heart. A spiritually open heart. Both Cornelius and Peter had times where they were seeking God. They were praying, they were crying out to him. Cornelius had a very limited understanding. Peter thought he had the full understanding of of God until he realized he didn't, right? He thought he knew everything. Like, this is what the gospel is, and God's done this thing, and it's for the Jewish people. And then God's like, yeah, about that. It's actually for the whole world. You keep forgetting that I'm blessing you so that you become a blessing for the whole world, right? And so he even blows through what Peter thinks he knows, but both of them had their hearts were open, spiritually open hearts. Um, do you seek God regularly? Even if you don't believe or trust God yet with your life, do you, are you seeking Him? Are you setting aside times that say, "God, would you reveal Yourself? Would you show Yourself to me? Would you help me? Would you help me grow? Would you help me learn?" Like, because it might be hard for you to like. I don't want to change or become something fake or pretend I'm something I'm not. I want it to be real. But so, God, would you show Yourself to me? Have you ever asked Him? Would you reveal yourself? Show yourself to me. Have an open heart. Number two, receive direction from the Spirit. Receive direction from the Spirit. Cornelius and Peter both received, one had a vision with an angel, the other one had this crazy dream, and then, and then these men were sent to Peter and the Holy Spirit said, follow them. They, they, here's the key about the, the Holy Spirit. It's becoming sensitive and wise enough to know when the Spirit is leading. People who are mature in Christ, who have wisdom in Christ, they are sensitive. They know when the Spirit of God is moving. Does that make sense? And it's Jesus said, "The Spirit's like wind; it's like no one knows where it blows, but but you have to watch for its movements. You have to be you have to learn how to see where it's headed and what it's doing. We need to become more aware of the Spirit of God. Number three, this is a really important: one obedience before understanding. God calls us to obedience before fully understanding. Cornelius didn't know if there was really, you know, Simon and Simon. He didn't know if that was if they really even existed. Uh, you know, Peter didn't know if he was going to get led into some, you know, trap. He didn't. He didn't know is this stuff really happening. But faith requires obedience before understanding. We live in a culture that like obedience is like this word that gets. Um, uh, I think it can get lumped in when we're talking about it from a from a from a spiritual perspective, can be really misunderstood. Like people think of maybe like, well, the Nazis—they had their people obeying them, and so obedience becomes this negative word because the because of this chain of command thing, and and there can be patriarchal uh, ties to obedience and and that word. And yes, yes, and yes, that can all be true. But when it comes to God, when it comes to relationship with Him, just like a relationship between you and your kids. Um, or you're a potential kid someday, there has to be a point where obedience precedes the understanding. God looks at us and we're like, well, I don't like that word obedience, or I don't like that concept, obedience. Usually it means I just want to do what I want to do. I don't want to submit to you. Or it means I've been hurt, and I don't want to be hurt again. And, And God, when he hears us saying, he's like, I am a good father course if you there's other people that are going to be abusive that's why and abuse the the idea of obedience and trust and relationship people are going to abuse all those things because they're sinners i am the perfect god who calls you to perfect obedience trust me obedience is trust you don't really trust someone unless you're willing to step out in action about it obedience before understanding Let me ask you a question today. Do you have to understand before you're willing to obey? With where you're at in your faith right now. Do you, are you, do you have these conversations or the these decisions in your heart that are like, God, I will do this when it makes sense. Think about it. God, I will, I will be in this relationship. I will move forward here. I will make this commitment when I fully understand it. But here's the problem, friends. No one's going to cross the line of what they've known their whole life. Like, the Gentiles are on the outside. No one is going to, uh, in their mind, be able to get over uh, racist stuff that they've had in their, in their life or boundaries that are unhealthy, that are not right. that, are, that They've just been taught the doctrines of you know, racism or the doctrines of you know, just inappropriate way of, of, of treating the, other, the opposite gender. People are not going to be able to get over those things because mentally this is what they know unless they take a step of faith. Unless they learn to obey and trust God. They're not going to take that step to love somebody different than themselves outside of what they know and what they believe and what they think. They're not going to be challenged unless we say, "Oh God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust you. Does that make sense? The Spirit wants us to obey before we understand and when we obey that's when we begin to understand. Could Peter have learned in just like a letter, you know, reading, you know, like from somebody, hey, you should start treating the Gentiles nicer and accepting them. Thousands of years of that not being true for him. Now I don't think I can do that. He had to obey so that he can understand. You with me? Okay, last one's open. Be open, openness to other spirit-led people. Openness to other spirit-led people. Peter had to be open to Cornelius. Cornelius had to be open to Peter. Peter had to be open to the men that Cornelius sent. They had to be open. They had to be open. Are you open? Are you looking for other spirit-led people? Are you looking and being able to discern, like, this is not from the Spirit of God. I had a conversation the other day. Someone was sharing their heart for me, and they are like, there was a little bit of a question behind it, like, should I do this? Should I? This is how I'm feeling, what I, what I think I should do. And it was so right on. I said, you know, that just sounds like the Spirit of Christ. That doesn't sound like that. I think that's what the Spirit would want you to do. I mean, that, that seems like Spirit's been talking to you. And we use community and we use wisdom to find out, you know, is this a Spirit-led person or are they off? And and you can be a Spirit-led person one moment and then totally off the next, right? We're imperfect people. Cornelius had been all, doing all the right things and all of a sudden he's worshiping Peter and Peter's like, no, 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 no. Got everything right up until that point. I'm not, don't worship me. Yeah? I mean, this is so rich, with how we are spirit-led, faith-filled people. Lastly, discover purpose of spirits leading together. We discover the purpose of the spirits leading together. Peter needed Cornelius to show him what God was doing with the Gentiles. Elias needed Peter to show him and come to the revelation, like the aha moment, like, oh, like Jesus and the Spirit, and I need, we need forgiveness, and this is for everybody. And then boom, like God does this transformative work and reveals and, and understanding happens together. Are there people in your life that God has been sending that you've been ignoring, and you've not been growing in your understanding of the spiritual realities in your life because you haven't been open to them? Open your heart to that. Open your heart to that. Today, I I really want to challenge us to be spirit-led people, to be spirit-filled people. Um, You guys have the 10 spirit things on your... You're going to be a little disappointed. I don't have time to get through it all, but I want to give you three that I think are just so so crucial the first thing that you got to know this about the spirit guys you got to know this about this the spirit empowers ministry the spirit empowers ministry all of this that happened Peter speaking a message that he didn't know he was going to speak happened because the spirit gave him that message and then his message convicted the people and transformed people people were forgiven people released sins people were freed and people had the Holy Spirit put into their life all Cornelius's friends and and relatives that were there that received were transformed in a moment. All real, long-lasting ministry is empowered by the Spirit. Our church can't be the the church it should be if it's not empowered by the Spirit of God. Like, people should look at your and my life and be like, what is happening in their life, what is happening in their church, what is happening in their community group does not make sense unless God is involved. And the beauty of this, friends, is that God gets all the credit. We need to submit... To the Spirit and, and let Him empower our 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 ministry. The Spirit builds inclusive community. In Acts two seventeen, it says, "And and it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all people. I will pour out my Spirit." On all people, it doesn't matter uh, what your skin color is, doesn't matter your gender, doesn't matter your background. It does not matter. The Spirit is given freely to all who would receive. And friends, that means that you and I can receive the Spirit of God in, with without measure. And so many of us are are we're like those ships with our life that are fighting. We're fighting the Spirit. We're resisting the Spirit. In fact, there's a, a guy who got killed for telling the Jewish people who are resisting Jesus, he was saying, you guys are resisting the Holy Spirit. And then they killed them for saying that. They resisted even harder. And some of us are, are set in our own way and we're, we don't have the wind of the Spirit. We're fighting it. And God wants us to be filled. He wants the, the, the sails of our life to be filled with the Spirit so He can move us forward and He can direct our lives. When we think we need to go this way, the Spirit's, no, you need to go this way. And we need to be led by that because we don't know what's going on. Like Peter didn't know what was going on most, most of his life. And he was lucky to have Jesus come into his life and then he had the Spirit. And guys, we have access to the thing that can change our lives and empower us, the Spirit of God. Um. have you ever asked to be filled with the Spirit? Have you ever said, God, would you fill me? Would you guide me? Would you help me? Could you give me the Spirit? God, help me, empower me, because I don't know how to have this conversation. Or God, I need you so bad for this ministry that I know you want to do through me. Would you empower me? And friends, when you do that, like literally all hell breaks loose. And it's pushed back. Light pushes back the darkness. The spirit pushes forth the kingdom of God. Here's my other challenge for you today. Um, Easter's coming. People are more receptive to God uh, during the Easter season than most other times during the year. I believe that God has put other people like Cornelius in your life. If you're Peter, like like you're Cornelius, like he's got a Cornelius for you to go. And minister to, go and love and pray for, and and um. I want you to be thinking, who are those Corneliuses in your life that God is asking you to go to? Begin praying for them. Begin looking for the spirits leading to love them and to and to hang out with them and to speak the message that needs to be spoken in the moment when when you're prompted by the Spirit. Yeah, I I, I learned a statistic. Um, If you invite four people, one of them will come to church. Four people, one of them will come to church. But there's also a statistic that said only two people out of a hundred in a church will actually invite someone to church. Someone to hear the life-saving message of Jesus. And that, I was like, that disturbs me. I want to flip that. I want to flip that. You guys might notice on your seats, there's these um, prayer cards. And we have four lines on them would you think of co-workers friends family like who are the Corneliuses in your life and write them down today and begin and keep this keep this put it up on your fridge put it in your wallet like i you know put it in your pocket i don't 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 put it through the washer don't do that but begin praying for these to bring them to easter a time when people are spiritually receptive amen let's do that together and let's see what the spirit of god does We are built by the Spirit. Let me pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We're so grateful for you. Would you continue guiding our lives? Would you continue healing? Spirit, would you come without measure into our church and into our lives? Help us to be led, to be sensitive to you, and be filled by you. In Jesus' name, amen.